Blog Talk Radio. Well, hey, everybody. It's, I almost said Wednesday, probably because I'm still back in New York City on the wrong time and on the wrong date, unfortunately. Hello to everyone. There's just a couple of business things that I want to go through really quickly because I'm so, so honored, humbled, excited, nervous. There's about 75 adjectives to describe how I'm feeling at this exact moment right before I'm doing the show. Uh, to those of you that were watching my page or my show while, well, you already know that the fine and fabulous actor Robert Burke is, or should I say Robert John Burke? I'm not quite sure. I guess we'll find out when I get on the line. Um, is visiting the show today, um, and there's just so many things to talk to him about, I can't even stand it. And Like I said, I'm terribly nervous. Um, just a couple of quick business things that I want to not forget about. First of all, um, PR people, or should I say PR business, to any of you that are business owners out there, friends of mine, or anybody that wants to get involved either in the Met Gala, the Super Bowl, or, as it turned out, Sundance Film Festival. Stephanie McGraw is a dear publicist friend of mine. She can be located down at Sundance this year. She's looking for sponsors, people to do her uh, events, people to rent out her facilities. So, sponsorship in any of the three, let me know. Email me, email her, get a hold of somebody, all that good jazz and stuff. want to not forget to mention this, because when I was in New York City, thank you, thank you, thank you to so many people who sent so many condolences to me uh, on the passing of my dear friend, Alan Stickle. Um, I've given it some consideration, and so for my film festival this year, we're going to do a tribute to him, so I'm very excited. Um, and I have to real quickly say, right before we came on air, that I was to just advised of a passing of another dear friend of mine. So, Lorraine, I do hope you find your peace. Um, great way to start a show, right? I'm so excited. This is going to be wonderful. <laughs> so, without further ado, let's have Robert come on the line. We'll start talking to him. Hello? Hey. <laughs> it's you, and you sound the same. I do. In one yes, word. you sound exactly like you do. <laughs> like literally you. I've been listening to your voice for an hour doing research, just this last hour. Oh. So I'm like, is he going to sound the same? But you sound exactly the same. Hi. I'm going to really talk in my real voice right now. Oh, my God. Please don't do that because that will freak me out. <laughs> no, <laughs> we I'm can't sorry. have any of that no. femininity stuff. No, that's quite sorry, all right. Um, but you're here. So thank you so much for taking time out of your busy, busy schedule because you're a really busy guy. Um, relatively. Have you watched your Facebook? You're busy. I mean, I, I've been looking at all these pictures and all this really cool stuff, and I'm like, this guy is never not busy. He's always got something going on. That must be exciting. It is exciting. I get to do different stuff. Um, you know, there's a certain amount of autonomy. Nobody really cares what I do. <laughs> Nobody's <laughs> ever said to me, hey, Rob, you can't do that project. You know, and I get to do what I want, and it's always different, and it's always fun, and um, so, yeah, I'm very, very, very lucky like that. Oh, yes, you are, as a matter of fact. And, and of course, obviously, folks, I know that the people that watch my wall have been, like, talking about this and talking about this. I'm like, oh, my God, this cool guy is coming on my show. I'm like, you're, like, one of my top 20 actors of all time. That's just me. Oh, for come on. So I'm like, this is... Um, I'm telling you, you're like one of my top 20 because of the fact that you're so diverse, which we'll get into, of course, the TV roles versus the film roles, some of the things that you've done, some of the things I found out about you because I creeped on you and I talked to your friends, so I know some things about Uh, you um, because that's what a journalist does. Uh, So uh, I've learned some interesting things about you. But the first thing you need to know, in case you don't know this because I am a journalist, today I found out not only are you born in September – but you're also born on February 25th in 1859 and January 24th of 1955. I went across these websites researching you, and it turns out that they keep reporting your birth date. You're like 100 years old, 100 plus years old. I'm like, I wonder if he knows that. 
my stuff was mixed up with some uh, Canadian actor named Robert Burke for a long time. It put me at, uh, like, I think, currently I'd be 65 or something like that. Then, of course, there's yeah. Robert O'Hara Burke, who traversed uh, Australia from north to south in the 1800s. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, there's a couple of different uh, versions. You, you get to choose, which is fun. I got you, which is neat. Okay. So what I first want to talk about are the things that most people don't know or can't IMDB about you, which is I found out, oh, my gosh, you're karate black belt. I didn't know that. Where did I that studied, come from? Where did you start that? studied for uh, over 20 years, and um, it was traditional Okinawan Shurinru karate. Um, it was my religion. I uh, I just did it for so long, and it was so complimentary to everything in life. Um you know, um, it wasn't so much about, you know, oh, hey, can you kill this guy? With a, it's not it's not that aspect. Once you get into it, um, uh, you find out pretty quickly that it's not that. And the more you know, the more you feel that you don't know. But I was lucky mm-hmm. enough to train with these guys who are very, very traditional. Um, it wasn't a commercial school. It was an invite only. So, you know, you could throw $5 in the can if you had it. But if you didn't, that was fine, too. Um, mm-hmm. And... Uh, it was very just traditional and, and, and um, it's very difficult. It was, I mean, it was, it was definitely, you know, daunting, but uh, I loved it. I still dream about it because I don't get to train as much. I don't get to train at mm-hmm. all now. Um, oh, but no. uh, yeah, I, I loved it. Well, and that was going to be my question too, is sometimes an actor will take uh, certain experiences, like for instance, what you learned there. Have you been able to utilize some of those skills in the roles that you've done in the past? Well, in karate, there's a series of prearranged movements. They're called kata. And when your teacher, your sensei says, you know, hajime, begin, you begin. Mm-hmm. You don't go, oh, wait a minute. Oh, I got to fix my, oh, you go. So, sure. so in acting, you know, when you have five cameras, two of them are in helicopters, there's a big battle scene, and somebody yells action, you go. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it was very right. complimentary to, you know, we would watch the door at night to make sure a certain teacher didn't show up because he was going to put you through it. And, you know, if you're, if the real teacher showed up, what are you going to learn? But if the other guy showed up, you were just going to get conditioned all night long. And mm-hmm. so, but you showed up anyway, do you know what I mean? And so yep. for life, I mean, it, it just complimented life like that. Like just continue to go, continue to go. It's okay. Turn your mind off and just do it. Do you know what I mean? And if, you, if yeah. you get motivated along the way or in the middle of class, that's fine. People say, oh, i got to be motivated. No, you don't. You just have to show up. And then if the motivation comes, that's fine. But um, I loved it. I just, I don't know why. I'll tell you a story that I really never told publicly. I wanted to take this exact same form of karate as a child. And it, literally, my parents couldn't afford to send us there. And it was very, very, I mean, it wasn't very expensive at all. And it wasn't until later in life, in my 20s, that I was having coffee with a guy and he had these bruises on his eyes. Like, hey, Steve, how'd you get those bruises? He goes, oh, training and everything. Well, it turned out he was taking this exact form. And I said, I want to, I want to do this. And he said, uh, well, we suggest you come and watch. And I said, no, I've watched, you know. And that's how mm-hmm. I wound up. Um, and it was, it was great. Anytime they hit me or kick me, I get this smile on my face. Like, oh, I'm finally. Oh my gosh. <laughs> they couldn't understand what the smile was about. But uh, yeah, it, it, it was just, um, just a great aspect of, uh, of experience in my life. Oh, you sound so passionate about it. Let's hope you find time to get back to that because it's just not, you know, there's all, some of those things don't always come to us in life all the time. And so if we benefit yeah. clearly, I'm always an advocate of go back, go do it, find time for it, all that good stuff. Um, 
I found this funny when I saw this comment. So there's a lot of people out there that refer to you as chisel-faced, and so I'm like, I have to ask him that. So do you find that um, complimentary or kind of critical? Because <laughs> if you look at yourself, I mean, seriously, do you look at yourself? Because I've looked at about 8,000 pictures of you, and I'm like, oh, my God, he's so serious. And, and I mean, literally, it's it's serious. Chisel face. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I think that was like an early IMDB description, and uh, people yes. just kind of ran with it. Um, yes. No, I mean, it's that's genetics. My family has an inordinate amount of features like that. Um, my father and mother were from the west coast of Ireland, uh, from a, the county of Galway. And it's funny because when my wife first traveled there with me, she's walking down the street in this village one day. She goes, oh, my God, everybody looks like you. The, 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 the old guys, the young guys there, everybody looks like you. So there is that narrow-faced, um, you know, cheekbone thing uh, in that part of the country. And um, my father and my uncles, and it's, yeah, it's it's prevalent. Yeah, I've noticed that, actually. I don't know if you're familiar with um, – there's a friend of mine I have, Timothy Murphy. He was on Sons of Anarchy and a whole bunch of other things. You remind me of him, or should I say he reminds me of you. If you don't know who he is, take a look at him because I'm – Oh, like, I know exactly he, who he is. His, his, so people are, are, his people are just from south of us in, a, in the county of Kerry um, uh-huh. along that same west coast. Oh, neat. That's really cool. Yeah. So you guys are all kind of like the same but different, so to speak, because I know you're son of <laughs> Irish parents. Well, you know what I mean? Because there's like Ireland and I'm Scottish. So I'm like, well, I'm kind of Irish, but not Irish. That's what I always say. I'm like, not really Irish. I'm just kind of, I'm a Scottish kind of girl. And you're a native New Yorker, which I think is awesome because I'm going to live yeah. there. So I have to ask you a question because you're really important and you know everything. I think um, okay. I'm moving there in seven years and my kids will be grown and I'm thinking, yay, New York city. And so of course everybody's like, no, because you're going to go broke living here. So I'm like, okay. Cause I know you don't live right in the center of the city. So what would you recommend? I mean, where do you live in that city? I'm like, I was asking people my last trip. I'm like, am I going to go broke living here? Cause I'm a little nervous. You know what I mean? Um, it's getting expensive to live in Manhattan. That's for sure. The outer mm-hmm. boroughs now, like, Queens and Brooklyn uh, are really, you know, uh, changing and, and, and rebuilding. And um, but it's still, even in the outer boroughs, it's 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 not terribly affordable. Um, oh boy! I don't live in I don't live in Manhattan anymore. I live right. on uh, I live on a barrier island, Fire Island, um, outside of Manhattan, about forty miles from Manhattan. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Listen, you better start saving. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> Thanks a lot. This struggling writer, journalist, screenwriter is going to go broke saving to make a little trip to New York City. I know. I've heard that a lot. I was like, you know, so excited to get there. And they're like, yeah, you better go to a story and get a one bedroom. It's like 1300 I'm like, that I can live with. And I'm like, I just keep asking people, do you know you've been there? You're a native person, so obviously you're, you're familiar with the area, certainly. Um, well, I want to talk. Give me, give, me oh, call, give me a call on the day, Cindy, and I'll see if I can put you with somebody who can help you. Because <laughs> I'm telling you, we, we made a real deal like, earlier. Oh my God, it's it's. I'm scared. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm very scared, but I'm like, well, you know what? I've spent most of my life in Wisconsin. It's time to move there. I'll wait till the kids are grown. We'll see how it is. And it's just, it's so rich and rough with just art and film. And it's, oh, well, you know, you live there. So I don't even have to tell you about any of this. I'm like, okay. I have to tell you that your sister is beautiful. Oh my God. They've been, your family's beaten by the beauty stick. Let me just tell you, because you're all very attractive people. I saw a picture of yourself and Maureen, of course, your sister. And so I was curious to ask you if the, the creative slash acting gene is, within your siblings as well, or are you the primary actor? Uh, no, we have no point of reference for any performer in our families. 
I'm in our oh. family at all. No. Okay. Um, all my sisters are in uh, medical professionals, um, oh. oncology specialists, burn specialists, uh, um, nurse transplant coordination specialists. Um, my brother, I have a twin brother, Bill. He's in uh, kind of high-tech medical sales. Um, okay. So everybody is given over to medicine in some fashion or oh. other except except the baby. <laughs> that's really cool. That's neat, though. I, I think that that's neat. You don't necessarily always have to have all of you acting all at the same time. And you do quite a good job yourself, I'm just going to say. Um, back in the 80s, I found out that you did an experimental teaching program, and I thought that that was really cool, and I think we should talk about that, um, assuming that's true, because I couldn't really verify it. So I'm guessing that's true? Yes. When I was a senior hey. in high school, I was um, – I would, well, it was an internship. Rather than go to my senior year in high school, I interned with this arts and education program, and then mm-hmm. I interned the same year with a, a LORT regional equity uh, theater, and we toured the country doing uh, children's theater, educational children's theater. Uh, oh, nice. After I, had, after I graduated from university, uh, years later, six years later, this same program called me and asked me if I'd like to come on now as an instructor and implement this um, this uh, curriculum in classrooms, and I said, "Yeah, sure." And so it was mm-hmm. kind of learning enhancement uh, through the arts. Um, okay. They called it the value the valuing process. It was not having to do with ethics or morals. It was having to do with being aware of your alternatives, choosing from them, okay. justification of preference. You know, oh, I like this painting. Oh, I like you know this this piece of music. Um, and, and then there was a lot of, you know, um, creative visualization to help students with mathematics, um, with uh, just relaxing and, and not freaking out before tests. It's kind of schmaltzy, you know, artsy-fartsy kind of stuff, but at the same time, we got great results from it. So I did that for three and a half years after graduation, um, and it was nice. very effective, and it, you know, it, it, uh, it, it became a very successful program. I think it's still going. Nice. 30 years nice. later. Do you think you'll... Do you think you'll ever have the time to teach again, or would you even have the desire to do something or be involved in a project or a program like that again? I would like to. I would like to actually go back to my old university, and, um, you know, I've gone back, actually, and spoke. But, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, lots of times I think it's very beneficial if somebody comes back and tells you, you know, what they know now, if they only knew then, you know, these are the pitfalls. These are the hurdles you're going to face. This is a great frame of mind to be in. This will pass and you'll be okay. And, you know, uh, if this is what you want to do in life, you know, really uh, try hard. A lot of people, let's say just in the arts, have a wrong impression of, you know, um, oh, it's easy life. It's a, you know, you know, because we're inundated with the idea of celebrity. Well, the real, I'm like a, you know, I swim in the middle kind of actor, you know, um, <laughs> And, and and the thing is, it's it's you know it's it, there's a lot of discipline and um, a lot of dedication you need, and you have to draw on your own reserves in terms of you know uh, tenacity and, and sticking to it. And sure. um, so yeah, to get back to your question about any type of education I can offer, I I I would and would like to. That's awesome. So, like, if I beg you and beg you and beg you and beg you and beg you, you'll be on my panel and you'll talk to all these budding filmmakers at my film festival because I beg really, really hard and really long and I ask you, like, only twice? <laughs> um, Just throwing it out there. Yeah, I, listen, I, you know, 
to me, anytime I can get to work with it, like just the past four projects I've done have all been short films with, you know, first and second time directors. And that's exciting. That reminds me of how I got started. Um, you're not talking about your car or your pool or your golf game, none of which I really talk about anyway. What you're talking about is the work and, and how to be innovative and how to be creative. And, and, and it's fun. It's exciting. That's why I like to be around young filmmakers. So um, See, that's exactly what I thought. I'm like, oh my god, I so have to ask you this question because you have so much to. <laughs> you have so. so uh, and I, I, and I wasn't kidding. Down. I got to find an apartment now. I got to come to the film festival. Right, and then you okay, have to come to my it. film festival because it's the first one, um, and then there'll be other things on the list. But no, I, I always have said this a hundred times over because I'm very actively involved with the indie community in New York City and other places. Um, the last time I did a panel, the, the younger filmmakers that come in, they're just so rich and they just sit there and they suck in everything that you have to tell them. And you're so ripe with experience and you have experience across the board in multiple mediums and you've accomplished so much. I would be a fool to not ask you. I mean, it would be an incredible experience. You could think about it. You got time. It's not happening until June. So we don't have to worry about that. But I just okay. thought I'd throw that out there. Now, the next thing is, and I'm just going to randomly throw out this question because sometimes actors don't notice this. So of course, we all know that you've been on that little show called Law and Order. So I, I have noticed and I've watched this in pictures, so I don't know if you've picked up on this, but you have a definitive chemistry that transcends your on-screen performance with Mariska. I have to say, I've just noticed this in pictures and, and when you're together in public and such, there seems to be such a warm friendship there and that you connect in a very good way. And I'm just curious if you notice that. Um. You know what it is? It's it's just trust and respect. Um, I respect her, uh, sure. her integrity, her work ethic, her creativity. Uh, she's not somebody who settles for mediocrity. So there's a mm-hmm. very complimentary, you know, kind of uh, a, a mutual admiration society between she and I. I I just nice. have so much fun when I act with her. Other people sometimes you get nervous. Sometimes you get you know frustrated. Um, somebody mm-hmm. doesn't know their lines. Somebody's you know, just doing a scene the same way. She is always taking it up a notch. She's always pushing the envelope. She's like, Did, you know, was that bad? Was that terrible? No, that wasn't terrible. Let's, you know, let's, so, you know, she just doesn't settle. And, um, and it, you know, it takes a lot of energy. You know, she's a mom. She's an advocate. Right. She's uh, a producer, uh, actress. She's directing. And she does it all. Everything she does, she does 110%. So, um, yep. just to be around someone like her. She's like a force of nature. And I, you know, pinch myself. I say, wow, how did I get to be here with her doing this? You know, and, and I come away with this super, you know, uh, this feeling of gratitude, like, um, because, I, you know, I think, you know, and the message of the show is important mm-hmm. in terms of, uh, you know, victims of domestic abuse and uh, sexual abuse and, 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 and right. child abuse and, and, her advocacy for that, she's tireless. She just she just keeps keeps going. And um, so anyway, yeah, yeah. If you're seeing admiration, <laughs> I mean, it's huge, and it's, and it's it's mutual. I mean, without a doubt. I mean, you, if you just folks, I'm telling you right now, whoever's listening, and take a peek at the two of them. Just looking press photos, red carpet pictures, just any little thing you can see. So it, it's a mutual respect, and I and I have that same thing with a director friend of mine. So I could tell I was like, this is absolutely amazing that they have that chemistry off screen, on screen. That's what you like to see. Obviously, that kind of goes without saying. Um, now. I want to flip over for a little bit and talk about you had your education at the State University of New York. So 
in all of my digging, it was very, very hard for me to find where you got the bulk of your acting experience, because oftentimes actors will come on to the show here and they'll talk about extensive acting classes, et cetera. So can you give us a little background in terms of where you learned the majority of your um, educational experience relative to acting? Uh, relative to acting, it would mm-hmm. – there were a lot of places along the way. Can you hear me, son? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. Can you hear me? Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I just switched over to uh, headphones. Um, I was, I have to say, uh, it was um, SUNY, the State University of New York at Purchase. Uh, it's a conservatory program. I can't remember how many auditioned to get in. I can remember it being like a four-day audition. It was extensive. They wow. selected thir- They selected 30, and it was thousands. Uh, they selected 30. Out of that 30, four years later, only 11 of us graduated. Um, you were expected to eat it, sleep it. I mean, you know. My sisters would joke over Thanksgiving dinner, like, oh, Raj, how's juggling class going? And they, they, they were just kind of like, I was like, yeah, yeah. But we were responsible for the entire, you know, 5,000-year history of, of the theater, speech classes, phonetic alphabet, uh, juggling, circus arts, Shakespeare, just the amount of memorization wow. that I can still render. Every single monologue I've ever learned is still in my head, and I can, I can, recite, I can recite Shakespeare from now until, like, 9 o'clock tonight. Just what I learned 30 years ago. Seriously, just from what I learned 30 years ago. So, wow. They were gonna. They were gonna. We. If you were late, 10 seconds to a class, that counted as an absence. Two of those you were out of the program. Um, they were. Oh my they, God. they were not joking. They were gonna furnish, if not talented actors, certainly professional actors, and they did mm-hmm. just that. Um, it has a wonderful reputation to this day. The training was. Again, it goes back to. Uh, what I was speaking about, you know, celebrity and stuff. These days, you know, they're young actors who, they do one thing well, and that's them. But when you're asked to play a, you know, a 5,000-year-old dragon, or just, it just, that classical, that conservatory training uh, gives you just the ability to do anything that's asked of you in your craft, and to speak about in, in the history of the theater. and um, uh, So it, it just it gives you a, a, a tremendous foundation. Um, and I credit uh, the professors and the teachers and the instructors I had there uh, because they were required to keep a professional life. They couldn't, there's was the old adage, uh, oh, those who can't, you know, teach or something like that. It's a horribly disparaging uh, way to put it because our teachers did keep a professional life in lieu of their, um, you know, being teachers. So um, it was it was it was a it was a difficult process. I mean, you you know, um, but it 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 made me the uh, it gave me the professional elements of my career that I have today. Um, I'm not late. I think I've been late once in like 30 years. Um, oh my god! Just, you know, it's just it's just respect, and, and plus the fact that. Sure. You know, people have said to me, "Oh gosh, Bob, you're not supposed to be here for another hour." I I, I get to do that. I get to act. Of course, I'm going to be there early. I I'm so grateful to do it, and and I never, ever, with my actions or words or thoughts, ever apologize, because I'm so grateful to be doing something that other people would like to do. It wasn't really my dream per se as a kid. I was like, oh, I want to be an. I really kind of didn't say that, but I just said, well, I'm kind of stumbling into this thing. Uh, but I was always grateful that it, things turned out the way they did. Um, so yeah, that. SUNY Purchase would have been the uh, just a terrific <laughs> acting program. Gotcha. 
And we're grateful, of course, because if we hadn't started acting, we wouldn't have about 8,000 performances that all of us get to watch, rewatch, enjoy. Yeah, that's right. I said that because I was just watching you the other night because I pop in. I have certain favorites that I like to watch, which, of course, I'll tell you which ones are mine. But here's a good question because we talk about this a lot every time I bring an actor on the show. There are some Mm. actors that come from the school of thinking that I'm going to take one or two acting classes and they build a career off of it and it's sensational. And then you have some that come along the line and they're like, you know what, you need to have very formalized education over long periods and continuing education as it relates to acting. Where do you stand on that sense? Which would you recommend to a starter? I can't speak to, um, I can't take away from someone who is working, 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 who didn't have a lot of experience or a lot of training. Uh, it goes back to um, my family, whereas my sisters were all medical professionals. When I said to my dad, he goes, well, what are you going to do? I said, I think I'm going to be an actor. I can't really – he said three words. One was A, and the other one was what? Um, he said, a blanking, a blanking what? And I said, yeah. And he goes, well, can you go to school for that? And I said, yeah, you can. He said, to college? I said, yep. And he said, okay, then try to go to the best place there is for it. And I said, okay. So the – thinking in my family was, it doesn't matter what you're going to do, you are going to get a degree you're, you're, because that was the kind of the immigrant experience, you know, that, mm-hmm. that you should succeed in, in the United States and, you know, go to university. And, um, and that was a, a wonderful, you know, that, that made us all the professionals that we are, I guess. But uh, yeah, so I don't take away from anybody who's just, you know, wonderfully successful with, you know, two acting classes or no acting classes. Uh, mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm, I'm always a little more, um, enamored of, of those people who have trained, you know, and really pushed themselves to learn lots of different aspects of the craft. Ah, very nice. Okay, now I just want to prepare you that this might make you blush, but I'm going to ask this question because I before I hosted you, I asked an actress friend of mine, I said, what do you think of this guy? Just general, I sent him your IMDb and the whole nine yards. And I've heard this comment before. So you've been considered to be somewhat of a more mature sex symbol. Did you know that? <laughs> I kid you not, because yeah. let me tell you yeah. something. This is what I do know about you. I was told by a certain website, you're 13,007 on the most man-crushed-upon celebrity man list and 20,842 on the top celebrity crushes of all time. Bet you 20, didn't know that about yourself. Yeah. You're at 20,000. That's not bad. Let's put, this in per- let's put this in perspective. How many people are there on the planet Earth? Okay, now. Like, <laughs> those things are... Those, those things are uh, are hilarious, I think, you know. Um, oh, it makes me laugh. I'm like, oh, my. That's, that's well, but you know what you have to, so I guess we should address that. Obviously, of course, you have, I've seen you in roles where you play this dashing gentleman and women will preface you and they'll say, oh, you're so much more dashing in person. So does that embarrass you or are you kind of like, well, I'm just kind of, I'm an older, more mature actor. Men age very gracefully. You've been, I, I would surmise that that helps in terms of casting. Would I be correct? You'd have to ask the casting people, um, but at the same time, <laughs> um, that that whole aspect of the of uh, show business, um, the uh, oh what you look like and how you act and everything, uh, that makes me a little wacky. I kind of stay away from that. Um, gotcha. I I'm just I'm just so happy to uh, to be healthy, to be happy, and to be able to do what I do. Oh, yes. Um, you know, people. That's what you know. People who watch, people who engage with shows and, and films and everything. That's what they get to do. And and. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's what they see, that's what they see, I guess. Um, my family will come home and tell you that, you know, oh, look at the TV actor <laughs> down scrubbing the kitchen floor, you know. <laughs> you know. That's so cool. That is cool. Um, yes, actually. So, that's neat. 
But, you know, I mean, obviously, of course, in today's society, as we all know, it kind of helps to have certain characteristics, certain age, certain look. Actors tell me that all the time. I mean, you you kind of almost have to be a chameleon to keep getting cast. So they tell me. Yeah. That makes um, sense. You know, it's a trap, though, sometimes, I think, aesthetically. Oh, hey, that, that, you know, person is good looking and everything. And and, uh, they can act or or they can't act. I, I just, you know... Uh, I, I've seen actors who are not aesthetically pleasing, let's say, just who are brilliant, you know, just move me and make me angry, make me laugh. Um, so it's, um, you know, you're basically holding a mirror up to society and, and telling a story. And so if you look, I mean, like lots of times I was being cast as a military, you know, person, we're, go, we're yes. going back to chisel, chisel face. This is what, you know, uh, the audience wants to see in their leaders or their fighting men, uh, you know, the hard-charging FBI agent. Um, uh, so, yeah, there is an aesthetic. Uh, people say, use the expression typecasting. Um, mm-hmm. Listen, the operative word there is cast. You know, uh, you're getting cast. Yeah. So, um, so sometimes it doesn't hurt to have a certain look or, or um, you know, the way you, you deport yourself or, and such. You bet. I would agree with that, definitely. Now, this is an interesting story, of course, because most of you probably know this already, but I understand that you're a certified firefighter for uh, the New York State. And I have to thank you for your service, first of all, because I have the utmost of respect for any individual, police, firemen, military, et cetera. Um, so can you tell our audience a little bit about how you got involved in all of that? Because I'm sure not everyone knows the story of what made you want to become involved. Um, well, it's pretty straightforward. Um I had a best friend. He was a fire captain in New York City. Uh, he was killed on 9-11. His name was Captain Patrick J. Brown. He was the captain of uh, Ladder Company 3 um, on FDNY. And he was uh, amongst uh, the most decorated firemen in the history of New York City. Um, on that day, uh, I got my family out of Manhattan. And then the next day went down with his brother to the site, and we commenced to kind of look for Pat and, and anybody else. Uh, to make a long story short, I, I believe that that was the first day I ever operated as a, a firefighter and um, didn't really realize it. So then I came back to my town and I thought to myself, well, I know Joe, I know Jim, I know, you know, these guys are the volunteer firefighters. Mm-hmm. Why should it always be them? Why can't it be me? And so I went to them mm-hmm. and I said, hey, uh, can I join? And they're like, yeah, sure you can. You're in better shape than most of these guys. So, so I, I threw in that was, I guess, 15 years ago. And um, I'm a captain now, which is, I never thought I would be an officer, but I, I just, there's an expression stepping up. And I was, again, grateful to be doing it. I do it as like homage to my friend. But if you're an Irish Catholic first generation from a neighborhood in New York where I grew up, you either became a cop or a fireman. And so, right. It's funny how life w- allowed me to to walk this path um, in lieu of being an actor also. Um, you know, some funny things have happened on fire calls and EMS calls over the years, you know, where people would recognize you. Um, mm-hmm. My guys used to give me up, yeah, that's him. And then I'd have to talk <laughs> to the person. And then right. they'd be like, hey, come on, Cap, we're like 20 minutes late. I'm like, well, you introduced me, you know, so I uh, yeah. So now that they now they don't now they say things like no nah, he looks just like that guy you know and right. you get out of there no. but um <laughs> but it's it's great uh it's uh extensive in terms of uh you know certifications recertifications 
uh, OSHA, FEMA, Homeland Security, uh, PESH. You have all these different uh, organizations that require different certifications. Um, the 28th and 29th, I'll be recertifying in ICE rescue. Uh, well, right after that, we'll have to redo our bailout ropes, you know, jumping out windows and stuff like that. So there's this constancy of training, which is great, because you're in the business, in the fire service, it only has to happen once. And uh, right. you should you should really be, uh, um, you know, prepared for it. I have to tell you, though, Cindy, you know, with the acting, the fire service is my passion. Do you know what I mean? The acting, I, I love, mm-hmm. and I get to do it, but... I think I miss my calling because I just love it, and it's um, you know it's uh, it's uh, it has just such meaning to me um, that I get to help out someone on their you know they call nine one one because they're not having a very good day, and right. if you can alleviate their pain or you know expedite it or you know um, you know put the fire out or what have you the gas leak. Um, you know, and 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 not to get paid. I mean, just it's it's just a great feeling. It's it's the way I think our country started. And um, you know, people say, "What can I do? What can I do?" Okay, you know what? You should never have to ask that question because there's plenty you can do. And sure. um, and so uh, no, it's it's just been an honor and a privilege, really. Now, this poses an interesting question. One of the things I thought was, all right, which is a more rigorous schedule, a firefighter schedule or an actor schedule? Because some actors are like, oh, my God, we're not set forever. Um, you know, when they cross over each other, it's not good. <laughs> um, I bet. I, I, I told you I've never been late to a job, and the only time I was late, I was in the back of an ambulance getting oxygen after this fire, and uh, and I said to the EMT, I said, can you close this? I said, I said, she was a captain. I said, Cap, you're gonna, I'm going to request something that you've never – I said, you have to call my agent and tell him I might be late. She's like, what? Yeah. But uh, there are times when, you know, let's say I have to be in Manhattan at 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. and the tones will go off for, you know, down power line or something like this. And you, you go, but I feel some days that this television show ain't getting their money's worth out of me because I'm like, my butt <laughs> is dragging. Um, but – you know, it's volunteer. Like, even while I'm speaking to you, I could get a call. Um, probably won't happen, but we in the fire service know don't ever say that um, because right. that's exactly when it will happen. Um, so when I'm home, oh, great. I'm mm-hmm. on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and, uh, you know, it's your community. This time of year, 90% of my EMS runs, are it's going to be somebody I know. And it's a, just a great feeling, you know, hmm. um, to be to be able to be there for your community. Oh, of course, absolutely, without a doubt. No, I guess the bigger question is, of course, obviously you are a father as well as a husband. So, how does that work? I mean, is is it complex? You know, the juggling act because, of course, you have to be everywhere all at once, seemingly. Um, how do you function? Do you sleep? I was wondering. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, I sleep. You know, these things happen. Um, uh, there, it's everything's doable. Everything's manageable. The only thing I would say about the fire service in, as per uh, volunteerism is professionals leave the house in the morning and it's like, okay, bye kids. And dad goes to the firehouse. Whereas when the tones right. go for me, my kids see me go out the door and then they can go outside and look up into the sky and see smuggle that, you know, so there is a difference there. Um, mm-hmm. I think my children, you know, honor and respect the fact that I do this um, as a, as an example to them, how they should be in, in, in life, in, 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 in their communities, in this country. Um, sure. But uh, I, I, 
there's time. Do you know what I mean? I make time. Yeah. Uh, sure. And, you know, my kids will tell you that I've been a very present dad. And um, oh, awesome. I think that's, that's been the biggest and the best. I mean, the greatest, my greatest days were on, you know, little league fields and basketball courts with my guys. Um, you know, and any dad will tell you that same thing. Um, uh, so yeah, we, we get to spend a lot of time together, which is such a blessing. It's, I can't even describe. I imagine. And definitely, and kudos to you on 26 years of marriage, folks. I mean, can you believe that? 26 years. I can't even get a relationship to last that long. Kudos. And there's, there's the, 10 that we were together before those 26. So. Oh my gosh. Uh, that also looks like 36. Oh, see, 36. that was an awe moment, everybody. Aw. Yeah. That's so sweet. Yeah. You well, know, truth be told, you know, some of us don't have that like in relationships. And, and you know, that's one thing I've always been amazed about is because you are considered obviously a celebrity in many, many circles. So, is it difficult and challenging? I mean, we hear about couples who just struggle all the time. Well, some couples you never hear about and some, you know, I mean, is that tough? I mean, you know, there's a lot of, that's a lot, there has to be a lot of, oh my, I don't even know. I don't even know how you handle that. That's a lot. Uh, I'm going to answer your question. Is it tough? Uh, and I'm going to use the word no. And that's okay. the complete sentence. That's the complete sentence ah. right there. No. I love um, it. No, I, I have a tremendous, tremendous wife, tremendous partner, tremendous, you know, uh, uh, I met her on my first day at college, and she said, um, "She said I have a boyfriend." And I said, "Well, I don't want to go out with him. I want to go out with you." And, and so I kind of <laughs> like, uh, I kind of you know warned. <laughs> she, she really wouldn't have anything to do with me. God bless her. But uh, but uh, she saw it my way there in the end. Um, tremendous partner. T- she was tremendous. Tremendous mother. Um, Gosh, I just can't say enough, and and that's like another oh. blessing. You know, those things. So I understand what you're saying, and I accept what you're saying in terms of you know, well, right. it could be any business really where you know uh, these types of things happen. But uh, certainly in show business, people perceive that. Um, but oh, yeah. uh, you know, it's interesting because the people I know in show business, it's, they've have experiences very similar to my own. You know, rock solid, and 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 that's the way it is. You know, so. Right. And we like to hear that. We don't like to have couples in distress. And I don't think people realize when you're in a celebrity circle, you know, you're still a real life, you know, you're a real life person with real life problems with a wife, et cetera, et cetera. All that good stuff. So that's I good to hear. There so was, congratulations. Just to, to say that, uh, some celebrity was in the paper and, oh, they checked in for exhaustion. And I was like, oh, give me a break, will you? Until, <laughs> until I came back from Africa on a 14 hour flight, I stayed uh-huh. up. And and then my wife said, "You're nuts. You should go to sleep." And I said, "No, I feel great." And of course, the minute I went to sleep, I the a fire broke out, and I was 14 hours of that fire. Oh and I remember god. going, "Oh my god, I'm nuts. I should have listened to her," you know. And I almost had a check-in for exhaustion. I was just like, "Well, now you know." Oh my god! So <laughs> it's a it's a karma thing with me, you know. You got to watch what you put into the world because it might yeah. be you know, it might be a freight train coming back at you. Oh, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. I do. So that, so that's nice. So that gives us hope to some of us who are still single out there. Uh, actually, I've been pursuing a mutual friend of ours. I found out the other day that you're friends with him, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I keep pursuing and pursuing. He's a New Yorker, but I'm not getting anywhere. So it's kind of nice to know that there are some people out there that have a nice relationship, and eventually it will happen before I'm dead. Well, I'm 45, uh-huh. but this reason, you know. <laughs> well, you know, he's a New Yorker, and he's an actor. So you know what that's like. He's juggling a lot of things, and uh, yeah, 
So we'll see how it goes. We'll see. So I have a Go ahead. No, that's fine. No, I mean, you know, and it's difficult because obviously in actor's life, I had always said, because I'm in radio and I'm a journalist and I'm a writer and I do film and I'm like, you know, I know this lifestyle all too well. And and he's a very, uh, he's a very busy man. He's an Irish fellow. (laughs) Actually, he's a terrific guy. He's been on my show too. Um, So, and I I know. Yes, you do. That should be a big hit right there. Initial DL. That I can't say his name. His name, his what? Are his initials DL? No, I have no okay, idea who that is. Uh, then I've, but, okay, then no. I'll somebody else. No, he's a he's an actor, and actually, you like the status of his not so long ago. And he has uh, he's worked with Kevin Bacon. He's worked with a bunch of different people, and he rides a motorcycle, and he's so pretty. <laughs> but it's never going to happen because he's an actor and he's crazy enough to busy and get a lot of Enough about me. So let's go back to the important person here because I'm never going to get anywhere with that boy. But um, it's just nice to see that. I, I always get excited when there are couples out there that are strong and, and supportive of one another, and that's amazing. And that helps, I believe, to make that person or that actor or whatever a better man. Um, so there you go. Now, I want to ask you a question because, ironically, I found out that you are a fan, so I hear, of Gary Oldman. And I just approached his PR person about doing an interview with him. How ironic is that? So I was wow. just curious to see what you like about him. Um. I mean, he's a chameleon. He's he's an intelligent mm-hmm. actor. Um, there was a film called uh, State of Grace years ago. It was about a, a group of men <laughs> called uh, referred to as the Westies, and he uh, played a character in the film uh, based on a real life man. And uh, I don't know, just his portrayal. He was more New York than than New Yorkers. Uh, he was more of a West oh Side gosh. guy than West Side guys. And and here he's from you know Britain. So uh, just anything I've ever seen him, and I always just thought he um, right. he was just so intelligent and uh, and it seems effortless. But I guess he puts the work into it because you can't be that mm-hmm. good without you know tons of homework. Um, sure. Yeah. No, I I, I definitely admire. Uh, anything he does, I watch the guy read the phone book, as they say. <laughs> That's amazing. I too, too. I'm a huge fan of his, and I'm like, yeah, you know what? It never hurts to ask. Sometimes if you don't ask, you don't get what you want. And so I've just gotten a little yeah. braver, like asking Robert Burke to come on my show. Because what kind of crazy person does that? Because I was like, oh my god, he's going to think I'm a nutcase. He's never going to say yes, and here he is right now. Success. So that's kind of cool. So I'm like, awesome. Now we get to talk about all that stuff you do for a living. Meaning, on the other side of the fence, your acting career. Um, mm-hmm. I have a question for you. Okay. Well, I have multiple questions, but I guess here. Well, let's talk about one of my favorites, which is Sinner, because I just happened to be watching that the other day. And you were talking about your kids, like, oh, this is my dad and all this. And I'm thinking, how cool must that be to be like, yeah, my dad was like a 300-pound dude in the Stephen King movie, and it was so awesome. I have to ask, um, what is it like to be that fat? Obviously, you're not that fat, but I was like, that must have been such a cool role. Stephen King movie, that experience must have been just awesome. It, it was awesome, and I was shocked that I got it. Um, <laughs> really? It, it was a it was a Friday afternoon audition. And I was like, I wanted to blow it off and just you know get out of the city, and I went on it. And I mm-hmm. I had nothing to lose, so I kind of just you know I walked in with my hundred and sixty one pounds or whatever I was at the time, and uh, <laughs> and I just started doing this stuff, and everybody started kind of laughing. And um, anyway, so Stephen had the ultimate you know decision about who would get the role and everything. Um, I like hiding like any actor will tell you, you like to hide, you like to have a costume, you like to, and, and that was kind of, you know, a terrific, um, a terrific role to play. 
I dressed up in the in the makeup and in the the bodysuit that they put on me, and you know, walked sure. down the street in Santa Monica, walked down the streets of New York. Um, you know, just not I'm not a method actor per se, but uh, just to see how people would react, how I you know, could, some people look and go, hey, there's something wrong with that dude. And other people would just kind of give you a sideways glance, or and then other people wouldn't make you know pass any uh, remarks of you at all. But it was fun. It was it, I I thought it was a kind of a flawed film in the end. Um, Stephen wanted it one way, the studio wanted it another. Um, you know, ah. uh, there were lots of different little pockets of uh, suggestions, and you know I was still relatively new, so I was saluting as fast as I could to everybody trying to uh, to do the best, but. Um, a lot of people liked the film and everything. Uh, it was, I thought it was very, very different from the book um, in just in terms of presentation. You know, the gypsies mm-hmm. certainly were, were different from what the, the book... And, and we, we met gypsies. We met uh, Rom gypsies at the time. They looked like, you know, you or I. They just looked like regular people. I guess really? visually, in terms of cinema, that wouldn't be terribly interesting. But, uh, you know, waking up at 1 o'clock in the morning, uh, a five-hour makeup job to be ready for 6 a.m. to shoot, 12, 14, 16, 18 hour days to be up at one o'clock in the morning again. Uh, that was where the professional muscles came in. And then contractually, sure. I was obli- obligated to lose 25 pounds while we were shooting. So, um, oh my, it was interesting. You know, I would do a scene where I'd eat six shrimp, uh, but I'd do that scene 11 times. So that was 66 right. shrimp. And then, oh you know, the God. next scene is a pack of potato chips, but we did that scene 21 times. So, when Stephen King, when I met with him the first time, I was like, oh, my God, there he is, you know. What am I going to ask him? And I asked him the, you know, the proverbial, Mr. King, is there anything you can tell me to help me with this? Role? And he looked at me and he goes, you're going to eat. And I go, what? And he goes, you're going you're gonna to eat. Most, most movies we see people eat, but we know they're sitting it out or they're not. He goes, you're going to eat. And I, and I thought to myself, well, wow, I, I've been eating since I was a child. I know how to do that. Of course I can do that. And, and and but he wasn't joking, man. I just ate and ate and ate. At the same time, I had to, you know, contractually lose this weight, which I was, which I did. But um, you know, again, it was uh, it was fun. Uh, Joe Montaigne was in the film. Uh, he was just he was just so much fun to get to know. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, you know, we were shot in Maine, you know, um, which was mm-hmm. beautiful. Uh, right. So yeah, uh, it was uh, it was a fun. It was challenging, but uh, in the end, it was it was fun. Oh, I imagine so, definitely. And Stephen King, you know, I mean, you can't even get higher than that when it comes to writing. In fact, I've said it a hundred times, Stephen, you got to retire. Some of us want to actually have a career. I'm like, never going to have a career until he's Because <laughs> he's, like, he's like the man. So I'm like, how am I ever going to compare to that? I mean, I've written some pretty kick-ass things, but I'm like, yeah, I'm not a Stephen King. So we'll have to see. We'll see how it goes. Wow. How that goes. Yeah. Now, I, I know that often actors are asked this question. I've seen a good number of bodies of your work. And so I've deduced, this is just me, you can concur or not, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, that very, very funny scene that you play. I watched that, and I said to myself, of all the performances I've seen you do, I believe that that is the closest version of the real you in that scene. Am I way <laughs> off? Or? I'm just uh, saying. Uh, 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 no, that's, that's not me. I mean, oh. yes and no. It, 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 had to come out, it had to come from me. I remember, right. I'm going to tell you uh, a little bit of the backstory. I, that was the first audition I had in one year after 9-11 and okay. they kept saying George Clooney you're meeting George Clooney he's directing and I'm like George Clooney's directing and they're like yeah 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 so I went down and, and, and I read this and I just like let it fly 
Um, and he was he was pretty he was laughing. <laughs> he was just going, "Wow!" <laughs> so you know, Spanish cut to I get to the set, I get the the job, and which was really a super nice gesture of his because he's so loyal to his buddies. He could have picked right. a bunch of guys. So I get up there and and I and I and I'm watching them filming and I'm thinking, hmm. So comes the day for that that monologue. Um, I scale it back a little and he goes, whoa, 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 what are you doing? And I said, well, you know, I want to be in the same movie you're shooting. And he goes, no, 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 you have to do what you did in the audition. I said, George, it's so over the top. He's like, wow, trust right. me, trust me. And I did trust him. He's an actor. And yep. there's something about when a director, when an actor directs. Because you just mm-hmm. kind of, he's like, believe me, bro, it's going to work. So I, I let it rip, and um, and and we did the scene a bunch of different ways. And it's funny that he edited it just on the back of those folks I'm shouting at, just the backs of there, because, you know, we mm-hmm. got shots of their faces and reactions and this and that and everything. But, um, you know, we, I just, you know, it was walking a fine line between you're trying to tell a story that has some basis in reality, and yet, this is going way beyond anything, you know. Um, sure. And I was happy happy to be able to do that, you, you know, uh, to really just let it fly. Um, there were other parts of the film at the beginning when I'm teaching them to be uh, uh, killers, you know, with martial arts and everything. And oh, that was mm-hmm. another thing. In the in the audition, I let out what's called a ki-ai. It's a vocal, you know, oh, you hear it in karate. And it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's at that part of the training. It's the kill shot. And I did that in the, in the audition, and I let out this key eye, and, he, and everybody jumped. And he goes, what the hell was that? I said, oh, yeah. You know. uh, so anyway, he turned out to be just a complete, you know, again, pinch, pinching myself. How do I get to be here with this guy? Um, I know, right? Folk, folk, wow. Focused, loving guy, uh, cares about the work, uh, takes the work seriously, but I can tell you, mm-hmm. not himself. Um and anyway, he was he was just a joy to be around and work for. That's awesome. See now, here I thought you had pegged a hundred percent. Look at that, I'll tell you. But that's no, okay. no, no, no. I'm 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 not, I can get wacky and goofy, you know. But <laughs> I'm fifty-seven. That's not I'm quite you. I mean, that, I, no, I got it. And it is a little over the top role, but it's very funny and it's very amusing. And it, and it does it captures and it keeps us in and it keeps us laughing and it keeps us attentive to the movie, which is what actors are supposed to do in part, I would think. Um, you did obviously some work in these two little films called Hide and Seek and Limitless. I just happened to see your uh, scene in Limitless. And forgive me for saying this, but folks, if you've ever watched the movie, you look a little different than yourself. And maybe it's because I'm so used to looking at you as Mickey on Rescue Me, or you have the same sort of look in a progression of different films. And then I looked and I saw he's got slick back hair, and he's very cool and very suave and very serious businessman type thing in Limitless. And I thought to myself, um, would you rather you, if given the opportunity by a director, um, of any role you could play, of all the various ones, which one is most? are you most comfortable in, your own shoes? Meaning that this is the closest version of me since I didn't get the closest version. Is that going to be a firefighter? Uh, well, we covered that, that, but I mean, outside of that. A tough, uh, a tough mm-hmm. question. And the, the conflict there is you become an actor to... Uh, to get out of yourself, do you know what I mean? To, right. to hide. Yes. Uh, so to play something really close to the best, or rather, I'm sorry, to play a role that's really close to you, that 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 is you, uh, that can become a little tedious and boring to me. I, mean, I don't want to play myself. I want to play some 
wacko, you know, uh, uh, on shows like uh, we were just discussing this last night, um, Special Victims Unit. I had an episode where I had to scream and yell and holler, and uh, there was a film, a uh, television film called Generation Kill, where I play actually the new Secretary of Defense, uh, General Mattis, mm-hmm. where I'm, I'm up on a bridge in Iraq, and I'm I'm, I'm really reaming out these um these fellow Marines for, for not progressing more quickly. Anything where I can be just really hard charging and yelling and stuff like that, I, I just enjoy that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why. Um, that just makes me feel alive and makes me feel I'm doing my job. And um, it just is exciting to me. When I'm, you know, there's a lot to be said for subtlety and underplaying and things like that. But if I'm right. yelling and screaming and, and being wacky, I just am more comfortable doing that. And that's not me. That's totally not me. I'm, I'm pretty low. I think I'm pretty low key. Although I've been known to yell and scream in certain situations. Um, but <laughs> right? Are you kidding me? Not, like, not, are you hearing him? Really? Scream, I was afraid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was like, literally, I watched all these roles, and you're like walking out of this building, and you're like, "What the hell do you think? You need to go call the ambulance." Da, 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 da. He's always got this really stern sort of. Do you notice that about yourself? Every time you're like walking out of a building and you're doing stuff, you're like really stern most of the time. Well, maybe not law and order, but I'm like, he's always got this tone. And then you look at your pictures and you've got that glare. And I'm like, oh my God, I am afraid of you. I was like, the last hour, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so nervous. This man's probably going to scream at me. I thought you were going to yell at me. I'm like, oh my God, what if I don't get something right? He's going to probably yell at me. I think one of my sons once said, look, they have to pay people to be afraid of dad. Isn't that hilarious? (laughs) Um, Because certainly they're not. yeah, oh I mean, that's that's what people project onto you, you know. Right. You're going in oh, for sure. a role of a hard-charging FBI agent. You know, you don't show up at the audition with a lollipop, certainly, but at the same time, right. you you know, you want to... Uh, a lot of my friends were actually in the... Uh, are uh, and were in the uh, police department and law enforcement and stuff, right. and the military, I should say. And there's a certain... Uh, uh, what's the word? Well, it's called command presence. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you can be a yeah, general and have no command presence, or or you can be a you know a, a sergeant and have tons of command presence. So somebody once said that to me. They said, "Oh, when you do military, you have command presence." And I said, "What is that?" They said, "You just seem like you know." And to me, it's just observing um, without knowing that. Why am I observing this guy? This guy looks like a real butt kicker, um, and and especially with military roles, I I I. I very compelled to do it right, and I'll because no one's ever shot a round at me in anger, and I just can't even conceive what that must be like. So sure. when I do those types of roles, I really want to get it right. Do you know what I mean? And there's no way I can oh, because yeah. I, I never serve my country in the military. But at the same time, there's no reason why I can't do the homework and really just figure out how these guys stand, how they breathe, how they hold a rifle, um, how they speak. Um, because that's what we're doing. We're portraying them. Right. And, um, but, um, yeah, no, I, 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 going back, I guess, to the original question is, uh, I, I like to play roles that are far away from me. Uh, gotcha. make, you know, you say stretch yourself as an actor, you know, rather than, right. oh, there he is again with the blue suit, you know? <laughs> right. Oh no, I, I totally so. get it. And it's ironic. You mentioned that about the military because my neighbor actually was over here yesterday and he saw your picture and he's like, Oh, you have you in Kim? And I'm like, yeah, you saw him in some of these roles. Right. And he had seen you play a military guy. Turns out he's, he was in the military for 25 years. And he said, I've seen his performances. Mm. And, and uh, he was very impressed. He, 
you're very similar to him, uh, meaning in look and stance in the way that a military soldier uh, would perform. So kudos to you on that one. And that's a real live military person talking. So I thought that was neat. Um, now, just to mention a few other things before I ask the RoboCop question, of course, he's been in Tombstone, he's been in Copland, High DC, Good Night and Good Luck, Munich, obviously Limitless we talked about. So before we get to the RoboCop question, I almost forgot that you were in Two Guns with my main man who I just watched in Fences and the Washington, because in my head, I keep asking him for an interview and he keeps turning me down. And I finally caved in and did ask. Of course, I'm never going to hear anything about that either, but just have to ask what it's like to work with that man. Um, the bar is high. That's all I can say. Um, oh, he is, uh, you know, people throw around the word craft, you know, and it's really kind of hard sure. to convey. There's so many different aspects, the lights, the sound, what you have to say, how am I going to say it? How is it going to be different? How am I going to get, you know, uh, 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 11 million people next weekend in, in a thousand theaters to say, oh my mm-hmm. goodness, Look what he's doing. The craft aspect of it. And then there's just what God gave you in terms of talent, you know, and how you share that. But he is he is in just another complete zone. He's um I I, I would say he's a master, you know, at, at, at acting. He's just um you're just getting hundred and ten percent is a this tremendous human quality to whatever role he plays, you know. Um sure. You know, I can't say enough about the man. My my experience, obviously, with him was was limited in that in that film. But again, what? just an, an honor to share the the set with him and um, you know get to know him a little bit. And uh, you know, I, I I just can't say enough about the guy. I think he's a uh, gotta be amazing. He's the real Definitely. deal. He's beyond the real deal. Now, the last movie question I have for you is: I'm curious about. Okay, so RoboCop three. Um, you know, I, I uh, Peter Weller, obviously, and I have a mm-hmm. friend who has worked with Peter before and said some very nice things. So your RoboCop experience, that seemed like a little different, something a little different for you to do, which, of course, you're talking about wanting to get away kind of away from some of the typical stuff. So what was that experience like? And moreover, um, I hope, because the media tends to do this or critics tend to do this, that you, you know, your performance was singled out away from Peter, not necessarily take away from him, but you're two different people, two different actors. Am I making sense? Uh, yeah, um, I think that anytime, <laughs> let me back up a little, uh, I had sure. done, it was just, I think my third film actually. And, uh, I had done these two other independent, you know, art house kinds of films and, uh, was starting my career. And, and then somebody in my, my agent called and said, Oh, they're, they're interested in you for playing Robocop. And I had said, I, well, I have certainly no interest in doing that whatsoever. And, um, and and it, they wouldn't let go. It was like seven or eight months of just kind of shucking and jiving and saying, well, you know, I'm not really interested. I'm not really interested. And then I got to talk with them, and they they uh, they told me about the script and this and that and everything. So finally I, I said I would do it. And, and um, you know, Orion Pictures was in the process of <laughs> going bankrupt at that time. And uh, that's Oh, my not, God. That's not the, the ideal uh, position of the studio or that you sure. want to be in while you're, you're shooting a film with them, you know, um, that it was, or was not, you know, uh, a great Robocop. I mean, like, listen, the first one was so damn good that I think they should have kind of left it alone. Um, the second one, I think just kind of lost its way a little. And the third one was just didn't know what it kind of wanted to be. Um, mm-hmm. there was so much possibility in that 
character, and then I think there still is. I mean, he's iconic, you know, robocalls and robo this and robo that. But um, for me, it was my third film. Uh, I was on the set, and I remember peeking out the Venetian Blinds trailer and, and, and going, holy smokes, look at this. It's amazing how this all works, you know. And um, so I was just I literally, you know, a lot of exciting things happened, you know, explosions and, and all that stuff. I, I had, it was a baptism of fire in terms of learning special effects, you know, because you're, mm-hmm. you're the deep, deep end of the pool. Uh, you can sure. have effects guys thinking, oh, like, he's in this metal costume. We'll just shoot the zirconium bullets right at him. And, uh, you know, they lodge in your nose and your mouth and you're yelling ceasefire. My first night, uh, some gasoline spilled on me. Uh, mistakenly, and I just went up right on fire. Uh, well, I went through a couple of stuntmen because the costume was, uh, they kept telling me the costume was 60 pounds, and I stepped on a scale one day. We were shooting in a hospital, and the costume was 90 pounds. And uh, so anyway, again, showing up, doing the job. I, I got into the car after the third day of lifting this costume on my shoulders, and I used to be a mason, so I know what an 80-pound bag of Portland cement is. And I said, this costume is more than 60 pounds. No, it's 60 pounds. I said, no, it's not. I know what 80 pounds is because I carried bags for years. And, right. And my third day, I said, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> but um, but, uh, uh, but I got through it. It was, I think, like a five-month shoot. At, uh, and I learned a lot. You know, I learned a lot. Um, uh, you know, I worked with some nice people who, you know, some I'm still in touch with. Uh, but, again, I learned a lot about effects, uh, weapons on, on sets and safety, um, and you know what the movie does, you know, uh, my mom would always say, is it going to be a good film? And I say, mom, we shoot the good ones the same way as we shoot the bad ones. <laughs> and we, we show up, well, we what? show up and we, we try our best and, and, you know, it's up to, uh, it's up to the audiences and, uh, to see how it all turns out. Of course, definitely. Okay, now the last segment we have here is to talk about your TV, of course, because he's also done a little bit of TV. But before I forget to ask, because I'm not going to lie to you, I've been listening to you talk for an hour, and I'm thinking to myself, has this guy ever done commercials? Because I'm like, people would probably just want to sit and listen to you. You know how you're, just, you're talking, and you're like, I could just listen to that voice for another hour. Have you ever done any of that narrative sort of commercial work? I, I haven't. Oh, hold on a second, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Um... I have not. I've been asked to do like voiceover work and stuff like that. I did one commercial. Uh, I did okay. one commercial in 1984. It was for Budweiser. Huh? It was for the oh. Olympics. That's the only commercial I've ever done. Um, oh, cool. Uh, no, I just you know I just don't find myself doing that. I, I've been I've been asked by different uh, you know entities to you know, hey, would you think about? Actually, I was asked once by a certain company to do something and I refused because I just didn't think it was healthy. You know, it was just terrible. And they're like, it's overseas. It doesn't matter. And I said, no, no, I'm not selling that. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I just don't ever find myself doing that. Um, Not to take away again from any, anybody who does that, uh, you know, the the commercials, the voiceovers and stuff like that. Um, But I just, I I have other things that I'd like to fill my time with um, uh, rather than pursue, uh, pursue that that makes sense i got you now to you folks that are listening in he was on that new york city staple sex in the city 
Now, I have been called the Carrie Bradshaw of Wisconsin, which I always find is a big compliment. I'm like, oh, really? Carrie, oh, really? First of all, I can't even afford her shoes, and I shop at a vintage store. Second of all, I don't write about sex. I write about everything else. But it is uh, a very cool compliment. So I'm like, OMG. When I approach him for this interview, I'm like, oh, my God. Nurse Jackie, Sex in the City, two of my favorite things in the most entire world. Two best shows ever. That's just me personally. So I'm like, I bet you're thinking, yeah, it was a gig for me. Um, you know, obviously chicks like this. I, I think it's chick-based. You know what I mean? Some of the work that you've done yeah. is more of the female sort of um, genre sort of thing, except for the Law & Order type thing where you played. I found that interesting. I'm not a Law & Order fan, so don't hate me. Don't hate on me for that. Mm-hmm. I don't have time because yeah, no. I have to watch the other yeah. shows. But I have watched you on Law & Order. And you, as I understand it, you played four different characters. On, on what we refer right? to as four different characters on what we refer to as the mothership, which was Law and yeah. Order, Law and Order. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I yeah, played yeah. The, same, the same role on um, on Special Victims Unit. Uh, this, That's what uh, I thought. In, yeah. So, yeah, uh, four different roles. I used to say, they must be up to the bees again. You know, they call me. <laughs> um, but, uh, again, that was uh, – it was fun to do. An FBI guy, a, a contractor, a colonel. And I can't remember what else, but, uh, yeah, no, I know. I bet that was, like, awesome. And just so you folks know how ironic, you, of course, your time in Sex in the City found you in front of Cynthia Nixon. Cynthia Nixon, I found me in front of Cynthia Nixon at the Chicago International Film Festival because she did a, uh, a short film or something like an independent film that she was in. And so it's always so cool to meet them, like, you know, in person and all that good jazz and stuff. So I'm kind of like, yeah, I was kind of in the same room with the same person that Robert Burke was in a room with. So I'm kind of like... I kind of met you, only not really, because it's kind of like through persons, people, things. That was kind it's of a cool experience. It's all connecting. To yeah, me. it's like six degrees of separation, what can I say? And then he was on The Sopranos. I got a bunch of friends that are on The Sopranos or did The Sopranos show. Um, so I guess, because none of us are ever going to meet him, did you ever get a chance to work with James Gandolfini? Can talk about screen legend. OMG. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, I, I only worked with him the one day. Uh, we met each other, um, not socially per se, but at different um uh, foundation events and stuff like that. Um, Edie and I um, have known each other since uh, junior high school. Um, oh, my gosh. We went, we went to the same junior high, we went to the same high school, and we went to the same college together. And um, we had the same acting teachers along the way. And uh, she's one of my oldest friends. She's just a tremendous, I just, more than anybody, really just so proud of her. Um, because she didn't have an easy time of it in terms of, um, you know, where she came from and where she's arrived at. Uh, She worked super hard. And, um, uh, you know, she would do these little plays in New York and, you know, go back to her waitressing job. And and I used to think if somebody as talented as her, you know, is struggling, maybe I should get out of here. And then all of a sudden she was doing a show called Oz and she was doing a show on Broadway called Sideman. And then the Sopranos came along and, uh, you know, she, she's just a consummate actor. Um, uh, another, and, and, you know, SUNY purchase graduate, uh, same, same acting program. Uh, so yeah, Edie I've known since I guess 1973 or 74. And, uh, oh. we did our, we did our first film together. Um, oh. which was called The Unbelievable Truth in 1988, I believe it was, um, or okay, 1989. <clears throat> yeah, so, um, yeah, Sopranos, I was only on there once. 
uh, it was, you yeah, know, but it was fun, you know, to touch yeah, the door and say, yeah, <laughs> I, I was there. Um, That's amazing. It is. It's awesome. And that was a great show. Another staple, of course, especially with Italian culture. That that was amazing, obviously. You've been on Oz, of course, which I've heard nothing but rave reviews about. He's done Blue Bloods, Castle Girl, Army Wives, obviously Nurse Jackie, Allegiance. And that brings us on circle to my second favorite character, which is, of course, Mickey on Rescue Me. So this is my big question for you as it relates to that show. Um, And forgive me if I'm being presumptuous, but it seems as though in the beginning when that show first started and started taking off, it was kind of a mixed bag of nuts. You know what I mean? Like some people out there are thinking, I don't know what to make of this. And it was a little brash and a little abrasive. And some of the feedback I used to get in the beginning of the show wasn't so terrific. But you built this character, this hard ass, so to speak, as I always call him. But he has... He has a sense of charisma. You can't not like him. Even when he's being difficult, even when he's yelling at Dennis Leary's character, you're like, you just can't help it. I just, I can't help but like this person. Um, so I, I guess the big question is, is, did you all realize what a phenomenal success the show was going to be while you were working on that project? Um, no. Uh, <laughs> you know, Dennis had had his firefighter foundation, the Leary firefighter foundation, right. Uh, or already up and running by virtue of a fire that had happened in Worcester, Massachusetts. Um, whereas he lost his cousin, Jerry Lucy and, uh, another friend he grew up with. So he was very, he was already doing service for firefighters. Um, nine 11 happened. And then, um, he knew my friend, Pat Brown. Um, mm-hmm. and he, he developed this show about firefighters in the city, he had just had a show that was a tremendous show about the New York City Police Department called The Job, which is what fire and, you know, first responders are, you know, hey, are you on the job? Anyway, that show uh, went away. He used to say ABC did him the greatest service by canceling that show. And then he got along with um, Rescue Me. And I remember I was coaching third base one day in Little League, and my phone rang, and it, it said, uh, hey, Dennis wants you to play his cousin on a show. And I said, okay. So I called Dennis, and he goes, he's a, he's a priest. And I said, oh, uh, how is that going to work? He goes, oh, no, he's, he's hard-charging, he's, a, he's a fighting, he's right. a drinking. And I was like, that sounds interesting. So the platform was very solid. Um, in ter- you know, it was, a, it was a tricky show because, I mean, there was a, a fine line between insensitivity um, uh between the responsibility of portraying these men and the platform you have, you know, you're portraying FDNY members in lieu and in the wake of 9-11. Um, right. Uh, you know, he knew my connections with the fire department in New York. Uh, and so, you know, we, we, we would sometimes not be in conflict, but we would sometimes have discussions about, Hey, you know what? I, I think that goes too far or, it doesn't go, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, uh, it was a show. It could be comedic. It could be dramatic or profound. Oh, now we're doing slapstick. It was a lot of different things. And he knew that. He knew, hey, you know what? I'm not sure the audience knows what it wants from this show. So I'm going to give them everything. Do you know what I mean? But there was mm-hmm. tremendously heartfelt laughs on that show. I mean, really stuff that was just super funny. And then there was stuff oh, yeah. that was super, super sad. Um and then there was all that stuff in the middle. Uh, uh, he had tremendous, he was a tremendous writer. He and Peter Tolan, Evan Riley, um, and the cast, you know, uh, Steve Pasquale and, and, and uh, uh, John Skirty and, and 
just these actors were just I thought hilarious. So oh, it was God, like yeah. controlled controlled anarchy because a lot of you know Lenny Clark and, and Adam Ferrara, uh, these guys are stand up comedians. So they'd literally say, Burke, okay, do it again, Burke, but you know this time, you know, be funny, will you? And and I was like, oh my God, I, 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 because these guys are funny guys and they just you know how to sure. do funny stuff and. It was one of the greatest experiences in terms of work because that didn't seem like work to me. That just seemed like, again, controlled anarchy or something. It was just like, um, but you know what? Again, the most important thing to me that came out of that was the work I got to do with the New York City Fire Department. The work mm-hmm. we did restoring 14 out of 22 firehouses in New Orleans. I did a, you know five or six trips down there. Um, the work we've done, you know, all throughout the country and continue to do for the fire service. I just looked online today as picture of Dennis sitting in some firehouse in like Dallas, Texas or somewhere or Houston, I can't remember where. Uh right. you know, he just refurbished. So he's there's a constancy. There's this uh he's never come off the wall in terms of uh helping out the fire service and um, you know, walking the walk, not just talking the talk. Um that to me was amongst the uh you know, the greatest things to come out of uh, having been a part of the cast to rescue me was to be able to go and do those things and continue to do them, you know, uh, oh, for course. the fire service. Now, uh, the other question I have is, of course, uh, to those of us that are curious about your upcoming projects, there are four that were listed, and I wasn't quite sure if you can talk about any of them because sometimes actors can't because they're in pre-production or post-production. Um, there are four total: the boarding school, future 38, being, and we only know so much. Um, are any of these going to be coming out in the near future, or can you give us a status on that? Um, I don't know, actually. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> Sorry. We, we we only know so much. It's still in post-production. They still have a couple okay. of shots to get done. Future 38 okay. was just, just selected to be in the Slam Dance competition at the Sundance Film Festival. Um, oh, nice. Be, Being is still in production. They're still shooting. Um, there's a, two other short films. So I'm doing these like little I, – I had to remain available for Special Victims Unit. Um, mm-hmm. Not contractually per se, but I kind of just okay. they've been always so good to me that I they're you know hey Bobby you busy course. what is it you know so I've been doing these like little films too which have been so okay. much fun um, okay and uh, so yeah Future Thirty Eight is going to be at the Slam Dance competition at the uh, Sundance Film Festival and nice. oh uh, Jacob is a cool um, it's kind of a thriller it's with uh, Boaz Yakin who directed me in a film called Safe with Jason Statham. And okay. uh, this is a kind of a very, very disturbing little uh, thriller, uh, which I don't oh, really get to do, though, as much. But when I was reading the script, I read the script, you know, in broad daylight, and I was still kind of freaked out. Um, and stuff doesn't really freak me out, but this is like, okay. wow. Um, so anyway, oh, really? it's a thriller. I don't really go okay. to even see thrillers, or, but this is an interesting little yarn, so I hope that turns out well. That'll be in theaters maybe uh, this summer or something like that. Okay, cool. I got that. Now, if the average human being is walking down the street in New York City one day and they're like, oh my god, I totally want to meet Robert Burke, um, are you out and about? Are you accessible to the public? Can someone just come and meet you if they want to or just shake your hand and be like, I want to meet that guy? Um, yeah, that's that, again, that that part freaks me out to this day. I don't know why. Um, you know, you can walk down the street with your head you know, down your baseball cap on, and there are other people walk, you know, with their head up and, hey, you know, check me out. But I, do you guys have Costco in Wisconsin? 
We have Costco and we have, um, what's that other one you guys have? Don't you have a, what's your store in New York, like your big store, besides Whole Foods, which I had an awful experience at? Um, oh, did you? Well, we, we yeah, Costco, oh, it's which terrible. Like a, a wholesaler, you know, and I was there online one day, and this little woman, older woman, in front of me, she said, you look like that guy on television. And I said, oh, yeah? <laughs> and she said, yeah. And, and I tapped her on the shoulder and I said, well, like, what does he do, miss? And she's like, oh, he's, you know, he's an actor. And my wife, like, nods me. She's like, stop it. So I tapped the woman again. She's well, like, what is, what is he acting? She goes, oh, you know, <gasps> oh my God. TV, movies. And I said, oh. And so my wife was like, you're bad. And, and I tapped her again. I said, hey, miss. And she said, what is it? I said, is he any good? Like, is he a decent actor? And she looks at <gasps> she goes, she goes to me, he's okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, my goodness. My wife said, yeah, I had a key question, didn't you? Yeah, he's okay. <laughs> so I thought that was one of the funniest moments I've ever had in my life where I just, I just, I don't know why, I just kept, I wasn't, you know, being um, uh, obnoxious or anything. I just thought it was hilarious that she's so, she said, yeah, you look like that guy, you know. Right. And then she oh, finally no. told me what she, what, she, what she thought of that guy, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> but um, no, if anybody wants cool. to talk to me, it, it, it still freaks me out a little bit. It's like, you want lunch? Sure. I want a picture. Oh, for what? You know, it's like, to put on my face an autograph or a picture, it. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what? Uh, when it can be done for a cause or something like that, when I'm raising money for right. firemen or something like that, I'll, I'll sure. sign as many pictures as you put in front of me. I'll take as many pictures as you put in front of me. That's where that's, that's where it becomes awesome. uh, you know beneficial and effective, you know. But uh, well, of course. Now even my sister, no. my, my sisters will be with me, and somebody will recognize me, and uh, they're like, "Does that freak you out?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it does." And uh, you know, one of, one of those <laughs> they freak me but, out. Those people, those fans of mine, they just kind no, of no, no. It's it, it, it's not them. It, no, it's my reaction to it. When somebody looks sure. at me like right in the eye without blinking, and and then all of a sudden they go to their phone, and then they look back right. up, and they go to their phone again, and then they show the phone to their buddy, and then they look back at you. It's like that's like just like did I do something wrong in my park illegally? What the heck is going on? Yeah. So, <laughs> oh it, my it's gosh. just part. It's part of the part of the deal. Oh, you betcha, without a doubt. Okay, so there's a couple quick things I have to finish up with. To those that are listening in, in case you do not know how to find Mr. Robert Byrd, first of all, go to IMDb because his entire listing of TV, film, et cetera is there. He, of course, referenced his personal page, which is, of course, Robert Byrd minus the John, I might add, because sometimes it's Robert John Byrd, sometimes it's Robert Byrd. Um, he is on Twitter, which is at Bobby, not Robert, Burke. B-U-R-K-E, and, of course, his work is on Amazon and Vimeo and the usual Hulu, et cetera, et cetera. So, the last two things that we need to do on this show, because you've never been to my show. First of all, I have something to offer you, because I always have something to offer to people to come on my show. See, I wow. bet you thought she's asking me to do all this stuff, and now she's not going to give me anything, right? Wrong, girl. <laughs> Guess what? At that time where I get to give you something. Um, obviously, of course, I asked you to be in my film festival and, uh, and, and be a panelist, and of course, I asked you to find me a house. I could have asked you to find me a husband, but no, I didn't go that far. Um, I have. Uh, the reason I asked you about this independent film thing is because I have written something that you would be perfect for. I don't know if you'd break my bank if I cast you, but I would love it if you at least would consider it. I'm laughing Maybe. because, believe me, it will not break your bank. <laughs> Trust you me, darling, you probably will. Last, okay, I'm a single no, no, working no, mama. The last four films I've done, I think I got 175 bucks for all of them put together. Um, no, money's oh my not God, my I can do it. I can do it. Yay! 
Okay, but the thing is that he's not a very nice person, and I've been thinking a lot about this because I'm like, here's what happens when you you have an actor, like in this case, folks, you you all know that I admire this man on the other end of the phone, which you'll hear why in a moment. Um, So to cast someone that you like so much in a role that you hate so much is is a contradiction in terms. I'm afraid that I'll stop liking you. (laughs) That's the one thing I'm like, okay, do I want to put him in that role? Because then he's really bad and naughty and, and it's not a great role. I mean, it's a great role, but it, it's a bad person. So I just decided to create something just for you. So um, I don't know if you're familiar with the director, John Gallagher. He's an independent director in New York City. He's a really good friend yeah, of mine. Yeah, I do know him. He just had a uh, fire in his apartment a couple of years ago. Yes, and we're very tight, him and I. And whenever we can get a chance to work together, I'm going to be on his set in February. He's got a bunch of the, actually the guys from The Sopranos and The Goodfellas in his new film. Anyways, we're very tight, and so um, I'm going to beg him, because I know he'll say yes, to direct this project that I'm doing. It's just a little indie short, and then I'm going to say this terrific guy, if he'll say yes, if Robert Burke will even think about it. Well, it's a lead role, and I'd like you to do it. Just throwing that out there. That's one thing. Um, I'll and, of course, it, Pam I'll is it, another thing. I'll give it a read. I'll definitely give it a read. Yeah. Oh, my God. He definitely said I'll give it a read. OMG. What can I say? Okay, so the last part of this show um, is to, obviously, I get a chance at the very end of my show to tell the guests oh, what I think I, of him. Can I just say yeah. about John, too? We have yeah. a lot of mutual friends and not in the, like, pejorative, like, oh, Facebook, like, real friends uh-huh. of mine or friends of his. And Seriously. Yeah, and and people just think the world of him, and uh, oh and God, and, and uh, so anyway, uh, I just wanted to to say that I I definitely know who he is, and the cool. the outpouring of of support for him, uh, for his person, mm-hmm. for his um, for his uh, you know professionalism. So yeah, I, I definitely know who John Gallagher is. Definitely, and of course, that's I'm a so fireman. Awesome. I would know that he had had a fire. That well, and of course, obviously, and, right. And we all value him so very much. And, and you know, I was very lucky he came on my show. And ever since he came on the show, oh my God, he's like a city fan. And I'm like, oh my God, John Gallagher's a fan of me. I'm like, no one's a fan of me. Well, there's like 58,000 people that listen to my show, but I'm like, he's a fan of mine. So I'm like, this is awesome. So if I could combine an actor that I adore with a director that I adore to make a project of mine, it'd be absolutely awesome. I just don't want to take you away from your passion. I wish I would have written you as a firefighter, but, but I didn't. So I hope. Well, no, no, no. I mean, listen, uh, like I said, I, I say I will read it and I will read it. <sighs> okay. So the very last part is I get to say nice things about you. We'll send my name. Well, awesome things about you. If anybody listens to my show, which you all do, you already know that the very last part is unscripted. This is the only part of my show that I never write, and it's honest and it's real, and it's really my reflections, and I do this for two reasons. First of all, I could rattle off your IMDb, but that doesn't talk about you as a person. So I just want to give the audience my reflections of the things that I've observed and noticed some of the things that other actors and people have said about you. Um, and I don't want to forget to remind everybody that two hours after the show is finished, it will be archived. So you can go back and listen it all year round. You can listen to it constantly if you want. Um, so on that caveat, let me tell you what I think of you, Mr. Robert Burke. When I knew that I was going to be interviewing you, I went to fellow actors and individuals, people that had, had contact with you, and I said, I want you to tell me something about this man that has nothing to do with his acting ability. Well, they didn't all listen, so <laughs> this is what I will tell you. Mr. Burke has been called an amazing actor who is brilliant. He's great. He's phenomenal. His onstage presence is as real as off-stage appearance. He's as real as rain, is the actual quote that was being used. And that was from a fellow actor that I admire very much. They talked mm. a great deal about your level of integrity, honesty, intensity, and your ability to be funny and charismatic all, all while being serious at the exact same time, which I find to be awesome. 
the main reason that I wanted to interview you is because when you spend years of your life watching someone on screen, and you would never know this, but most of us in the listening or the viewing audience, thank you every single time you do a performance, even if we can't contact you. And why? Because you've made me cry. You've made me laugh. You've moved me. You've made me think. You've made me get motivated. All of those things, I'm very grateful that you almost a literal stranger, have given to me by walking onto a stage or, or a bigger screen. You emulate what you are. You are a very real performer, and I like the fact that you're real. I like that you came on the show, and you're not ultra Hollywood, and you're not, look at me, I'm this fabulous, terrific guy. You're very honest. You're very humble. You're very hardworking, and I would surmise that you put 150% of you into everything that you do. The biggest honor in this last hour and a half is being able to talk to somebody who is just so very genuine and so very passionate. I love that you love every part of your life. You live every part of your life. And I love the fact that you decided to spend 90 minutes of your life with me because this is one of those game-changer moments. I know I sound like a fan right now, but the coolest part is that you're a real genuine person, and I got the good fortune to be able to tell you what I thought of you, even if it's just on a phone. And even if you never do my role or you don't get to my festival, I want to thank you for just being you and the gifts that you give all of us as an actor. That's what I think of you. Wow. Are you okay? <laughs> Why do people always do that? Some of them cry. Some of them say nothing. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm just being real. That's just Well, me. I think my gifts, I think, are just passed on from my parents. That, that's Case closed. Unless you, Cindy, put together and constructed this venue and, and got the information out, um, nobody would know these wonderful things about me. But at the same time, I think uh, just speaking to you and, and, and having a look you know, at, at the work you do and everything, and um, I, 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 I wish you nothing but success, continued success and growth and, and to thrive and be happy. You sound very happy doing what you're doing. You're brilliant at what you do, and <laughs> Thank uh, you. it's you make it seem effortless. And and um, I, I'm just uh, flattered and 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 really happy to have uh, to have spent this time. Aww. Thank you. That's so sweet of you. I, you know, and it occurred to me while we were talking. I didn't ask you the question. I asked this question of every guest that comes on the show, and I know you're going to say yes. This is the last question I have for you. Every guest that comes on this show, and you haven't known me that long, you're in my top 20. There are the top five actors of all time that I've always wanted to interview. I have been trying to interview the same man for over almost 18 months. And I got to tell you, I'm ready to give up. So I'm going to ask you this question. Maybe you know him. and Maybe you can make my dream come true because I'm tired of being told no. How about that? He's an actor. Um, so I was just wondering if by some chance you might happen to know Mr. Michael Madsen. I do not. <sighs> Why does everyone keep saying no? I'm like, I keep getting closer. I've tried everything, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to make it the running joke on the show. Like, literally, I, I ask every guest. I'm like, I know you got Michael Madsen's cell phone number. I know you know him. I know this is going to happen. But they all keep saying no. That's all right. I'll keep trying. I'll come up with something clever. It's tough, let me tell you. These Hollywood types, it's tough. It's rough out there. 18, 18 months isn't, isn't a long pursuit, really. 18 months, really? Just, you're, you're just getting warmed up. Yeah, I mean, listen, really? stick with it. You're, you're going to get him on the show. It's just a matter of, you know, how long. But, I know. Uh, I know. 18 months, just, don't give up at 18 months, you know. My God, um, I, it, you know, 
This is crazy, though. I got Apollo Creed to say yes to me. Carl Weathers is coming on my show. I'm like, that's big, wow. right? I mean, like, right? He's, I can get you. I can get Carl Weathers. I'm like, I'm kicking it, man. I got the good start. Yeah. No, uh, it's just, you know, uh, you can do your intros every day until such time as he does come on the show by way of saying, right. he's not Michael Madison, ladies and gentlemen, but he is here to <laughs> Um, I mean, you know, spin it, spin it until the, until he, he, you know, he, he has to come on to, uh, to, uh, you know, know, but um, no, no, keep, keep going. Keep trying. You know, Uh, I, 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 I I don't know where he lived or what he did or anything like that, but uh, he's a, he's a tremendous force also. I can tell you that, man. Oh, Um, definitely. His performances. Definitely. So, yeah. So I just thought I'd throw my ring in there, but I've, of course, you don't know, yeah. so I'm back at square one again, but that's okay. But that's all right. We got somewhere on all this good jazz and stuff. So, yes, I, I thank you. I'm so glad. I thank the fire department that they did not interrupt this interview. I probably would have cried because I took a lot of time no. to try to make it a good one. Uh, so, yes, thank you, thank you, thank you uh, for not being interrupted, and thank you for the time. And, uh, yes, I'll stay in touch. And, uh, and, obviously, I told you about the festival, but we'll have to talk about the that I've written, and I'm just I'm just so I'm so honored. I don't even know what else to say, but thank you. I've just, I'm, you've made my day. Thank you. Cindy, thank you so much. Um, sure. I'll be in touch. I'll get you uh, information, whereas you can uh, forward that reading material. Sure. Uh, I'll be looking for an apartment for you, and I will also, yeah. Um, you know. <laughs> anyway, no, it was, it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. And, um, yes, it was. Um, and all the best to you, and thank you again for asking me. Anytime whatsoever. I'll be like I said, I'll be in touch and we'll be talking. Just have a wonderful afternoon and enjoy the lovely sixty degree weather there. So I hear. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you suck. Thanks. I mean no. And it's no, 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 no. Thanks. Yeah, it's, it's, it's thanks. a little mild here. Believe me, it's nothing like um, I'm sure Wisconsin, but at the same time, uh you know, it's <laughs> right. uh, it's winter is winter, which I, I love it. I don't I don't care. I love it all. Um Exactly. All right, Sam. Just be careful. All the best. Be careful. Yeah, no, we're Yes, dear. We're all we're all careful. We're smart. And we're tr- we try to be smart. And we try to be careful, and we try and look out for each other. Awesome. Well, enjoy your afternoon, okay. my dear. We'll be talking soon. Take care. Thanks, Cindy. Take good care. Bye. Bye, bye. Right. I don't even know what to say. I got no words. Right. Amazing. Phenomenal. God, I hope I did a good job. God, I hope you didn't think it was awful. I hope my listening audience thought that this was a worthwhile, wonderful. It was the moment he came on on air. Obviously, of course, we've learned some tremendous lessons about acting and life and all the different cool opportunities that he's had. So again, Mr. Robert Burke, you're phenomenal. Reminder to everybody, he has an IMDb page. He has a Facebook personal page. His Twitter handle, one more time, is at, and then Bobby, B-O-B-B-Y, Burke, B-U-R-K-E. And of course, obviously, his work can be found on Amazon, Vimeo, Hulu, Sling TV, Netflix, just about every possible place that you can think of, obviously. So, again, my thanks to the listening audience, my thanks to my guests, of course, my thanks to all of the actors who gave me some feedback relative to Mr. Burke. Uh, cross your fingers that he says yes to my phone because wouldn't that be absolutely awesome. I don't want to forget to remind everybody that tomorrow I uh, – where am I tomorrow? Oh, after Dr. 2 o'clock Central Standard Time, you're interviewing Mr. Mr. Durden, if you can say that, D-U-R-D-E-N, Godfrey. And I'm so excited to be having him on because, first of all, I always love using my platform to uh, expose the world to independent filmmakers. So, obviously, he's done a little project called Never Go Back Film. And uh, 
forgive me because I believe it's still in the GoFundMe stage. But what's really cool about him is that he's also a talk show host. He's a photographer. He's a husband. He's also a writer. He's also a producer and a director. He's also been involved with video work. I love my class creatives. We all know that. I'm always excited to be hosting them. So please come please come back and support him. 2 o'clock Central Standard Time tomorrow. Again, thanks so much, folks, everybody listening in. I hope you have a wonderful afternoon. I'm about to go back to my bat cave to write about another 25 pages of this textbook, handbook. I think I'm going to die before this is done. Anyways, thanks, folks, for the support. We'll talk to you tomorrow.